I'm so excited to be nominated. It's just an honor to be nominated. Honor to be nominated. And I'm Claudia, and together we are honored to be nominated. A new podcast coming at you every Friday discussing any movie that's ever been nominated for an Academy Award. Today we are discussing one of my favorite films, the 1991 Big Five winner, Silence of the Lambs, as a part of our first episode (laughs) of Spooky Season. So yeah, this movie was nominated for... And won the big five, that being um, best actor, actress, screenplay, directing, and best picture. I think I got that right. Yes. And also nominated for best sound and best film editing. I just love this movie so much. There there are problems, but... I, I love scary movies, even though this is more of like a thriller. <laughs> Fully not a horror film. Thrillers, so <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, it's no, not it's a horror not film. A spooky film. It's but more it's of like a. It's a little spooky. I mean, it's it's I don't know. It's not Halloween ish, but like. Sure. It's psychologically it's fearful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which I love. It's an interesting one. I don't know. Uh, I was told right before we started recording that my co-host thought I would hate this film, uh, which is wild because I've loved this film for ten years. True. Um, but no, it's it's a, it's a masterpiece. Oh, thank God! Like, oh, okay. It's incredible. Like it's I I keep yeah. a list of every a uh, ranked of every uh, Oscar winner in any category and like who I think and like this is my number one director, my number one in actor. Like I think it's a masterpiece. Oh hell yeah! Oh, I thought I thought I, I was convinced Ezra was gonna come in here and being like Jodie Foster, get out of well, here with this. What are you? What are you? Same, oh, you got a southern accent? Same, oh, Jody cool. Foster, all right, girl. Jodie Foster was my first crush. Was she really? Yeah. When Jodie when Jodie Foster was a teenager, she played a bunch of like hard punk girls in uh, old Disney films, and I oh, had yeah. such a crush on her as a kid. Oh yeah. Um. So no, I love Jodie Foster. I think Shocking. Anthony Hopkins is fucking brilliant. Jonathan Demme is one of my all time favorite directors. Um. I think he. What else has he so done? He did um, Philadelphia. Um. He did um, something wild, which is incredible. Um. And then he did Rachel Getting Married, which is one of my like all time favorite films. Um, Ezra, do you want to give a little synopsis of yeah. Silence of the Lambs? I mean, what's it all about? So Silence of the Lambs is based on the novel by Thomas Harris, um, which is part of a sort of series uh, chronicling the sort of experiences of uh, Hannibal Lecter and the FBI, um, centering around Kelly Starling, who's this sort of up-and-coming FBI agent, she's still in the Academy, who gets pulled into this uh, serial killer investigation of Buffalo Bill, who is skinning women across the country. Um, and to solve this, they have to go to Hannibal Lecter, um, who is this charismatic, sociopathic uh, cannibal um, who has all the answers. Hannibal cannibal. Hannibal, Hannibal, cannibal, cannibal. Uh, who has sort of all the answers they need, but also will like play mind games and fuck with them in order to get it. Um, and then eventually they discover that Buffalo Bill is, of course, um, a mm, trans woman, kind of. We'll get into that for sure. Um, but who is killing... Question mark? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's... The movie says no. The movie says Yes, no. the movie does say we'll no. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. That's like half of it. Interestingly, though, um, Jonathan Demme um, was kind of famous for being a, like one of the most empathetic men in, in Hollywood. Was famously like, just a really good dude. Um, and so when this movie came out, it was uh, 
protested really strongly by LGBT groups. We're like, this movie's damaging, this movie's fucked up. Um, and so his next movie, he was like, fuck, I never meant to offend anybody. Um, and so his next movie is about a gay man dying of AIDS. And so he intentionally made his next movie a movie about queer mm. people because he wanted to make up for the damage that he thought he did with Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, let's get into it. I guess it's more of the, the elephant in the room. The trans <laughs> elephant in the room. So the movie does explicitly <laughs> say, to be fair, I mean, in, in fairness, the movie does explicitly say, um, I mean, it uses past terms that we do no longer use anymore, but it says um, transgenders are not linked to violence. They're a passive people. And then Hannibal also says he, he does not um, believe that this person actually is trans. He is just uh, so broken in his identity that he is identifying with something else that has that struggles with identity or whatever he says. Um, and he specifically makes this person just a sociopath. He, they make a very explicit point in the screenplay that that's not a, a trans person. I understand the <laughs> I mean, the issue here. I don't here. know if necessarily the argument he's not really trans, he just is so broken inside that he thinks he is trans is necessarily also a politically correct argument. It's yeah. not great, I'm, no. But that is like explicitly what is said in the Is it interesting, play. like, is this movie transphobic? Yes. Uh, I mean, objectively, the having a villain who is trans and because he's trans skins women is like out of J.K. Rowling's wet dreams. Like, it's right, good. of course. Um, that being said, I think Yikes. in terms of, like... Oh, God. Oh, my God. Transphobe, transgender killers, which, unfortunately, <laughs> we have a lot of. We're going to talk about Psycho later. Um, but it is a trope of, yeah. like, you uh, know this guy's fucked up because he wants to be a woman. Uh, I think this is among the most sort of humane. Even the, like, I'd fuck me scene is also just, like, really, like, I mean... Demi is known for, like, being one of the most empathetic directors in Hollywood, and you see that even with Buffalo Bill, who is this obviously, like, absolute monster, but you do get a sense of, and obviously it's played by a cis actor, but, like, you do get a sense of the actual pain this person is going through in a way that I think pulls the movie back from the mm-hmm. brink a little bit, and to quote, there was a, a really great, uh, I talk about this podcast a lot, but the Blank Check podcast, um, my favorite podcast, but they did an episode on Sounds of the Lambs with uh, Emily Vanderwerf, who's this great transgender movie and TV critic. Um, and she was talking about this, about Sounds of Lambs, and she was like, listen, trans people get to be serial killers, too. And, like, there is this, like, interesting, like, <laughs> you know? I mean, like, yeah, that's, like, yeah. You know, obviously, I think if we were to make this movie now, we would handle it a lot more sympathetically, but I don't know if necessarily, and, like, we have this conversation about, like, basic instinct and shit, right, of the, like, queer villains. But, like... Absolutely, queer people can be serial killers. Fuck them. Yeah, like, let's have a serial killer... Let's have, like, horror movie villains who are queer and trans and all sorts of things. The issue becomes it's 1991 and that's the only portrayal of trans people we have. Yeah, (laughs) I was gonna say... I was gonna say, when it's the only thing... When it's the only time you see any sort of queer person or a trans person, like, it's negative. So there is no positive to, like, bounce back. And so it perpetuates. Again, I, I think you're right. I think you are absolutely right that if we made this film today, you know, it would be com- like different, but also probably have a lot of similarities. I mean, and the other issue mm-hmm. is it perpetuates the, other the bias. Books and movies by Thomas Harris, the, um, the novelist who wrote it, are like deeply homophobic. And so it does include like the original text. Like the, oh. he's like Yikes. doesn't like gay people, and so like. And so there's a lot of, like, Yikes. very, like, disturbing, like, gay sex scenes, and that's how you know Hannibal's crazy is because he's having gay sex. And it's just kind of gross. Um, mm. 
so yeah, I mean, it is the elephant in the room. I was surprised by how not, obviously, problematic. We shouldn't do it. I was surprised by how not offended I was watching it. Where, like, there was really only one scene, the scene where he's na- where they're naked and dancing, that really just kind of felt gross um, on that level. Of, like... Yeah. yeah. No. Like, didn't, didn't but, like, like the rest part. of it, I was like, yeah, trans people can be crazy serial killers, too. Fuck it. Like, you know. Um, can we get into Anthony? Yes. That's what I wanted to bring up. I was going to say, let's... So this is please, kind of a controversial win. Because he wins for Best Leading Actor. Um, okay. It is famously one of the shortest okay. Oscar wins to ever win in a leading category. And so there are a lot of people who say he's right. actually yeah. supporting performance. Um, I think those people are wrong. Right. <laughs> uh, I think uh, he is crazy. the male lead of this movie. <laughs> yes. and, that, and that even when 1, he's not on screen, it's still about him. Like, he's driving the plot. Yeah. He has his own POV. Uh, we'll talk about right. the cinematography later because it's a bullshit yeah. Captain win. But, like, what Demi does with his, like, signature looking that, like, POV shots where the actors are looking straight down the camera. There are just as much Anthony I Anthony Hopkins love. shots as there are Jodie Foster shots. Which, it's incredible. It's amazing. But, like, yeah. he drives this movie. And even though he's, like, only in, he's not in very much of it, he still is, like, much more of the male lead than that FBI mm-hmm. guy. Who I guess is the other male lead. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. What's his well, name? Well, that was uh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fine. But not Anthony Hopkins. Correct. The way that he was yeah. able to like his eyeballs, like literally, he choreographed his pupils darting when he like was, and it's, it's so obvious when like it's that much of a close up. But like when he like darted down at the seat, like sit, and then like darts up, it's brilliant and you just like get the sense that he's like in your head all Um, the time have either of you seen manhunter so it's a a michael mann film uh that came out several years before sons of limbs it's the first time uh hannibal lecter appears on on uh in movies um he's played by brian cox who now plays the dad on succession um yeah and it's he's incredible like it's an incredible performance and what's interesting is that like he plays it as very much like hannibal lecter the gentleman and so it's interesting is that, like, oftentimes mm-hmm. if there's, like, one, like, two very good actors who do it back-to-back, sometimes you're like, eh, hey, well, Brian... But, like, this one, they, they feel like two totally different people in a way that, like, I think both are incredible. But what Anthony Hopkins is able to do with so little... I mean, like, it's... He, I mean, yeah. he's like, mm-hmm. Anthony yeah. Hopkins, good actor, is a very cold take. <laughs> but, like... <you> know, <laughs> it's, like, a master class Very cool. acting. I mean, it's it's it defines this movie. I mean, Jodie Foster is incredible, and I think she is uh, doing just as good of work as as Anthony Hopkins. But his what he is what he is able to do with what he has is just uh, is unparalleled. But One of the he, great like, performances of cinema. His nostrils, the way his yeah. like nostrils, just like oh my god! Like it's one of truly one of the great performances of cinema. I mean, yeah, yeah. Go- put him up there with Gollum. Put him up there with Godfather. Uh, do you know who some of the other actors that they went to for that part were? So the first choice was Sean Connery, who they offered it to. And he said no. Do you know how what this movie wouldn't have worked with? Sean Connery. They also asked Al Pacino. And I like Al Pacino as an actor. Would not have worked. Hey, Clarice. Not- hey, Clarice. <laughs> what did they ask you? What did he say to you in the next oh you know what he said to you in the next... This is actually more <laughs> yeah, Marlon Brando and the... It's turning into Marlon Brando now. 
No. That would not have worked. All. No, no, no. No. I, I don't think it would have. Because you always feel like he's in control. It's that, like, this is not, like, a lot of people say this is the only horror film to ever win Best Picture. I think the three of us agree that this isn't really a horror film. It's much more of a thriller. It's not a horror but film. All the parts that make it scary. Much more. Is yeah. like, what's on the page is, you know, she has to go and talk to a creepy dude in a prison. And the reason this movie works is because of what Anthony Hopkins does. And we'll talk about Jodie in a second. Yeah. I think she is yeah. amazing. Absolutely incredible. But if, like, anyone who was left... If you were a fraction less good than Anthony Hopkins, this movie doesn't work because it's boring. You're like, cool, she's talking to this fucking creepy guy yeah. in a prison. Can we get back to the murder mystery? <laughs> totally. Yeah. But this one, you're, like, in the murder mystery. She's, like, hunting down Buffalo Bill, and you're like... I wonder yeah, what like some, what is, no, what no, is this so Dr. Like Lecter up to? Somehow, like, the main <laughs> plot of the film becomes the secondary plot that you yes. care less about. Yes. You're like, but what's up with, uh... What's up with Peter old Lecter man Hector Hector over Lecter over there? Like, like what... At, and the ending, when he, like, just... Tra- he, like, is, like, hiding in plain sight, which we could talk about, like, that whole ending sequence is just... So good. Absolutely incredible. Like, whatever, but... When he just like walks off, like to go have a friend f- over for lunch or whatever he said, that little play on words. Um, I'm having a friend yes. for lunch. Yes, um, and it like that's when the movie ends. I'm like, but wait, but wait, what what happens now? Like, doesn't the movie start now? I want yeah. to know. And then the uh, the the screen the screenplay the screenwriter the last lines of the screenplay are. Uh, Dr. Lecter, Dr. Lecter, Dr. Lecter, and then that's it. And that's, you know, that screenplay writer was very happy with, with those last words. It's like, yeah, we got it. We got a little button on the end. <laughs> we got, we an got end. an end. <laughs> and she screams into the phone, Dr. Lecter, Dr. Lecter. But I think that, and that's what's so important, is that, like, I haven't seen, I've seen Manhunter, but I haven't seen any of the Anthony Hopkins sequels, because he plays Hannibal Lecter several mm-hmm. more times. Uh, and Jodie Foster refuses to come back because she thinks the scripts are sexist. But, like, in, like, later ones, Clarice and Dr. Lecter get together, and they, like, have sex and shit. And it's, like, I think, yeah. Like. What makes, I think, this movie so perfect is, like, their relationship is super complicated. And, like, we could spend four hours just discussing the nuances of what exactly is going on between Dr. Lecter and Clarice. Yeah. And, like, because there is, like, a weird, like, semi-sexual energy, but there's also also the father father figure, like... It's yeah. complex, man. Like, it's it's complex, and like both actors are so good. And I think that like, we're giving Hopkins a lot of credit right now. We'll get to Foster in a second because I don't think this movie works without her. No, either. no, yeah. of course not. But like, because what he's doing is so sort of like small and controlled. But what she has, and she has to ground this girl, this woman rather, who's like about to fucking fall apart. Yeah. And so like this movie works because he is totally in control and she's breaking every rule that the movie's established. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we have and we have to not think she's dumb. She can't be um, a girl in a slasher film where you're like, no, don't go up the stairs. No. You know not to go yeah, up the stairs. Exactly. She can't ever be that she's person. Not the, yeah, she's not dumb going into this. She, You're like, yeah. okay, I guess we trust her. She's she capable. She knows what she's doing. She's capable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And and that's what I think sets this apart from horror movies is the yeah. the is the lead and particularly the female lead is not portrayed as this dumb bitch just like yes. falling into it. You know what I mean? I feel like that's just like a reoccurring theme mm-hmm. in horror films, which is totally no I'd fun. Say, I'd say one 
I would say, well, that's true. I also think that what makes this a thriller is it's much more about, like, process. I feel like horror films are much more visceral. Yeah. Well, this one's much more, like, kind of cold and clinical. Yeah. By design. 100%. Well, it's like... And that's actually, like, not to keep bringing up Manhunter, but, like, Manhunter's really good at that. It was Manhunter's, like... The director specifically said that he wanted to make that, so it's about... It's about the FBI agent who catches Lecter. Mm. About people who are, like, see terrible shit every day, and so it just becomes normal to them. And so what's scary about it is how normal everything is. And I think we see that here, too, of the, like... What's scary is that, like, yeah, you just sometimes walk into a room and there's a bathtub full of a human body. Yeah. And, like, it's not, like, a scare. You're just like, oh, that's, like, fucked. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. It's more, yeah, more in your head. Um, But on 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 Jodie Foster, I also think, I think Jodie Foster is, is on par with Hopkins in this. I think Jodie Foster is, you're right, this movie doesn't totally. work yeah. without her. Jodie Foster gives a life-changing performance in this. I mean, she is amazing. Jodie Foster is... A has one of the weirdest careers in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and B shouldn't be this good in this movie. <laughs> like, Correct. And it's so good that like they gave her an Oscar like four years earlier, and they were like, "Fuck it, we can't not give you an Oscar, another yeah. Oscar for this, Jody." Have we mentioned that this is Claudia's favorite movie? I did. I yeah. did. Okay. I mentioned it in the beginning. It's one of my favorite movies. I I always struggle when people ask me what my favorite movie is. That's why you, that's I, I say uh, I like thriller slash means, horror, so I say this or Saw, which, and then people think I'm just a crazy person. Sure. <laughs> then I throw in crazy, stupid love sometimes. <laughs> what, what would be funnier is if you hated um, that movie. Fuck Mary Kill, my favorite three movies. Yeah. Um, fuck Mary Kill, great. Um, fuck. Sounds of the Lambs. Okay. Uh. Mary Saw. No, fuck Saw, Mary yeah. Sounds of the yes. Lambs. Yes. Because Saw's yeah. crazy. Yes. Like, your one night stand with Saw is going to be nuts. Exactly. Nuts. <laughs> exactly. You Mary Sounds of the Lambs because you know that shit's going to hold up. It was made in 1991. Yeah. It still holds up. It still holds up. It has up. a couple problematic opinions. It's gonna. It doesn't vote very well for Mayor, but you know what? We're working on it. We're getting through it. And yeah. then you kill Crazy Stupid Love, right? Absolutely. Kill it. Anyway. Um, th- this episode's fucking wild yeah um but no is that like foster is like again has to ground the ungroundable well, like the whole point of this character is that this character is not grounded but is trying to convince everyone she is yeah and so she's not she's someone and so but she also as an actor has to ground that yeah while also having to like play the given circumstances of talking about how you were scared of lambs dying as a child to a psychopathic cannibal. Yeah. Yeah, how do you play that? <laughs> With a man who's playing it as if it's Shakespeare. How do you play yeah. that? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, she's got a lot going on, and... <laughs> Understatement just, of the year. I, she just, like, flows through it so smoothly, and you can see, like, all the different emotions, and you can, you, like, empathize with her, but you're also, like, on her side, and, like... I, I don't know. She's just she's just so good. She's also a student in this film. We don't they don't really yeah, address and you, that. She, and she she's also a, has to play that like naivete, like so good, so so. I just good. sent this little student kid into the biggest investigation of the country. <laughs> but I mean, what's his name? Jack Crawford probably needs to have some questions about his leadership. Correct. The FBI. True. Um, I do just want to read you. These are the other actors who were considered. Uh, the other actors considered for uh, Lecter were Pacino, Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman, uh, Derek Jacobi, and brace yourself with this last one, Daniel Day-Lewis. Actually, 
Well, I would have watched no. that. Daniel Day-Lewis would be in prison. In prison. If Daniel Day-Lewis played Hannibal Lecter, he would be in federal prison. He would have actually <laughs> eaten someone. He's <laughs> like, Daniel! I'm picturing um, Dustin Hoffman in this role, and it's funny. Terrible. It's funny. Like, um, And the original choice for Clarice was Michelle Pfeiffer, which I would watch. I would watch. Mm-hmm. I would but watch. I, I, I like Jody. I like the Foster. Yeah, I mean, like... The only one else in that lineup who works for Lecter is Jacoby. Because he's another, like, British Shakespeare actor. Should we talk about the directing? Yeah. Yes. It is... So, I... We'll talk about this later, I'm sure. But I kind of... I realized uh, when we chose Silence of the Lambs that I had seen essentially no other movies nominated in 1991. And I knew that... If I hadn't seen any of the other movies nominated in 1991, <laughs> definitely my co-hosts had not seen any of the other movies nominated in 1991. Should probably start doing it. Um, so I went, um, I went on a, a deep dive and I watched as many 1991 movies as I could. Uh, so I watched several of these uh, cinematography nominees um, because Sounds of the Lambs was not nominated. Um, and it is a absolute <laughs> fucking war crime. It is one of the worst things the Oscars has ever done that they nominated Prince of Tides... Bugsy, Thelma and Louise, over, and cinematography over Silence of the Lambs. What these people do with a camera is unprecedented. They create in literal it's, physical tension like, with that camera. Yeah, it's, it's like ridiculous. tension with that camera. You, you you cut that with a blunt spoon. That tension. <laughs> Just chop right through it. I just feel like you don't see that many tight shots in any other film. No. So, no. like, Never. why why do we not, like, reward that question also, mark? Also, no, because direct- like, also, is like, that the directing or is that, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess it's, it's part it of both. So, Jonathan Demme's signature, uh, the thing he became famous for was doing that sort of, like, direct down the barrel shot. Yeah. Where he just points the camera directly in the actor's eyes. Hey, um, he does cam- that in like all of his movies. He's pointing the camera and letting the actors literally just do their yeah. shit. Like no, but but especially in this one, it's so crazy because it changes perspectives and so like it builds tension. It builds like yeah. especially in like that final sequence mm. when she's like hunting Buffalo Bill through the house. Oh my god! When like when it goes into his night vision, yeah, it's so fucking scary. Yeah. So scary. Yeah, yeah. I and that she, sh- and those she shots should work. It, but yes. Those, like, down the barrel, just Jodie Foster's talking to a camera should not work, but they do. But I also think, like, to give Demi his due is that I think, that on one hand, this is an incredibly stylish movie. Mm-hmm. And this is, I've said before, this is my number, of all the directors who've ever won, he's my number one. I think he's the best, like, the best director. I, would, I put him above, my number two is Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings. <gasps> so, like, I think, like, this is a better directing job wait 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 wait, 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 like like of all movies wait wait of all the movies that have ever won back up back up wow you put peter you ezra brain put peter jackson directing the lord of the rings either one or second place in your all-time best directors yeah (laughs) why are you talking so much shit then um you (laughs) so you admit that that movie is is probably the greatest directed movie of all time did you all take a shot? No, Chandler think, brought up Lord of the Rings. I, you admit it! <laughs> Everyone's drunk now. But I think I think that what he does here is really difficult. Is that what he has to do here is... Okay, we're just going to move past that. Both make a movie that works as a thriller and make a character study and make a horror. 
and like do all this weird experimental shit. And every the way that he is, has complete control of tone and every single performance, like even the like we made fun of him earlier, like the FBI guy whose name we can't remember, but like even that guy is like incredible. Every performance in this movie, like I would like I wouldn't like the fucking evil doctor. I would nominate. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the like shitty. Can I bring <laughs> Can I bring up one performance that I think was a is it little the bug guys? Because don't you shit on my bug guys? Which one? No, 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 no. It's <laughs> the guy who works at the storage unit, who like suddenly has oh, like, this. You mean this like weird German British dude? Like question mark? I what? I was just like in the middle of like Missouri. In a different movie, <laughs> and it was just so weird. But that yes. one's my. That's Everything guys. Else I agree with. That's my favorite that though because I was just like. That man is in a different movie. That man walked off the Christmas Carol set, and they were like, "Hey, man, can you do a couple lines for us? We're missing somebody." He, he was late. He's like, "I'll do them for you." I just came off my Christmas Carol, and then and I was like, like "Hello, Jodie Foster. I don't know my my car driver doesn't do a lot of manual labor. Sorry about that. I'll call the cops if you get trapped in there." Like, what? Like, out of left field. He's the best. He's well. The bug think, guys are my like, favorite. It's very funny, but I think, I think that speaks to what makes I think to me Demi's direction in general so good is that like, <laughs> if you do a deep dive in his movies, which I recently did, is that you see that like this is like his like signature is that he will do like every everyone in the movie has a story, and I think what we see here is like, Chandler mentioned the bug guys, but like I love there's the all bug this guys. like weird shit. The best. Where you're like, this is a different movie, but I also like. I would watch a movie about these bug guys who they just like play chess with bugs. I love it. And then I would also watch about this like weird Germanic <laughs> storage unit owner and his driver who doesn't do manual labor. And you're like, what? And so like what I think is so good about this direction yeah. is that it gives you like a window into someone else's story and then slams it closed and you're off to the races. Yeah. She's so like, wait, wait, what? And then there's like the fucking like sexist like guy who's like, oh, I, I see. I see why he sent you. You're exactly his type. And you're like. What's this dude doing? And it's like you never see him again. Yeah. No, that's and then like I feel like each of those little mini stories like could be their own like thriller, you know, like mm-hmm. and like building the whole world. No, that's that's actually a really good point. Good movie. Great movie. We're we're Great back movie. to our bullshit of. We're back to our bullshit. We're back on our like, bullshit. I mean, I think it's like obviously like very rated. I feel like it's dropped out of the public consciousness a little bit of the like how good this fucking movie is. Yeah. yeah. And I think that it's also incredibly influential because I feel like I'm a huge fan in a shocking twist of the films of David Fincher. And I think that you see like a huge influence on like Seven and Fight Club and Zodiac mm. from Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you get the modern thriller without Silence of the Lambs. Oh, of course. Maybe the best example of, of a thriller in maybe ever. Um, it's like kind of the quintessential thriller. I mean, you could definitely see, like, the most recent thriller that I can think of that I've seen is A Quiet Place. And, like, you can even see elements of Silence of the Lambs in that, like, in yeah. just the way that the tension is built. Yes. I think I think that's the, I think that's the key to this film is, is um, yeah. the tension building. The direction is the so suspense. perfect. And, like, the score, shout out to my boy Howard Shore, Um is so so perfectly placed to where attention builds exactly when when the director wants it and then is able to control exactly where he needs you to go and takes you exactly I can't where believe he can. this wasn't nominated for score. The score is perfect. 
Howard Shore it got robbed. The score is so good. The score is incredible. Howard Shore got robbed. Yeah, I was reading about this and that, like, apparently coming up toward everyone expected Bugsy to win, which we're going to talk about Bugsy. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about that, Bugsy. That motion picture. Um, because I did watch it. Um, but no, it's that everyone thought Bugsy was going to win. It was just like, oh, because Silence of the Lambs is the... I don't know how to try to phrase this, but it is the it is the earliest film to come out to then win Best Picture, because it came out I believe in February. Oh, I see. And then won essentially a whole calendar year later. Wow. And so most movies that win Best Picture come out in like October, November, December, and then yeah. win in January. This is like it was like one of the longest. I believe is still the longest. Oh wow. Wow. Um, so yeah, and so it just like came out and everyone loved it and just kept building and building and building and building and so it was kind of. A little bit of a surprise, and similar actually to West Side Story, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, of the, like it was a surprise how well it did. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if that's why I didn't get that many nominations. Is that like people kind of forgot about it? They're like, oh, I remember Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster being great. And then like I wonder, like if it had come out later, I wonder if it would, because it definitely should have a score nomination. It definitely should have a cinematography yeah. nomination. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Do we want to get into Shooter of One? Because I have to give several speeches during that section. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> And the Oscar goes to. So now we're gonna do Shirt of One. Um, yeah, the first it was nominated for Best Film Editing. The nominees are Thelma and Louise, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Silence of the Lambs, The Commitments, and JFK. That win- who wins? Have you guys seen any of these films? Other than, of course, Silence of the Lambs. I probably have seen a couple. Well, I don't know. I feel like I've seen some of a terminator but i don't know which one sure. so and then like i feel like i've seen clips of thelma and louise um i've seen terminator 2 i think i've seen commitments i don't think i've seen jfk definitely not seen Thelma and louise um so i've seen i've seen all of these but the commitments which i've never heard of um okay i'm a bad gay and i have never seen thelma and louise until last night it's not good. <laughs> and it's like good only insofar as there are two women being fierce. But like Ezra's getting canceled. So Ezra's not in only the a words bad of gay. Smalls, there are being six gay. seven doesn't make you fierce. And like I'm sorry, but this like a woman telling another woman it's her own fault she got raped. Whoa. Cool. In this feminist masterpiece. And it's like, what the fuck are we doing? And it's like, oh, it's a road movie. And you're like, I don't fucking care. Oh my god. Um, no, it's fine. I think it is incredibly overrated because the gays only remember the fierce parts of it and don't remember the not fierce parts of it, which are much of the movie. Um, anyway. Anyway, uh, JFK wins this award. Uh, JFK is straight up one of the most crazy films I've ever seen in my life. Um, good way or a bad way? Both. Okay. <laughs> it's, um, to quote a review I saw on Letterboxd, um, it's very fun that before YouTube existed, Oliver Stone just had to get $30 million in a three-hour running time in order to tell his JFK conspiracy theories. Because it's just three hours of Kevin Costner essentially reading JFK conspiracy theories. Really? Um, yes. It's astounding. Oh. Like, it's one of the most compelling films I've seen in a long, long time. Oh, it's good. Um, what yes, you just described... it's about bad What you just things. described sound bad. I mean, okay. 
The issue is that, like, yeah, you describe he just makes up a lot of shit. Poorly. <laughs> Where, like, Joe, for example, he, like, makes up, like, Joe Pesci's in it and, like, confesses to killing JFK. And, like, that didn't happen. And so, like, it's, like, crazy. Because its theory is that there's a bunch of uh, homosexual anti-communists in New Orleans who killed JFK. Anti-communists? Is, like, the actual plot of the film. Anti-communists? Yeah. Oh, well, probably. So, capitalist. It's very complicated. I mean, like, the movie's nuts. And, like, it doesn't really hold up to any, like, historical scrutiny. Um, but, like, the way it is done is so compelling because it's like, you can't trust your government. Um, and so, like, the, the premise of the film is that the CIA didn't like the fact that JFK was defunding them. So they collaborated with the mob and a underground homosexual murder ring to kill John F. Kennedy. Same. And so the whole thing is, like, the government, all they care about is war. You can't fucking trust them. Which is, like, a very sort of prescient message for the current moment. Yeah. And so watching it in 2020 of, like, the government is not on your side. They're fucking lying to you. They don't care if you live or die. All that matters is money. <laughs> like, really hit home when I watched it two days ago. Well, that's... I was like, hell yeah, Oliver Stone. You're fucking right. Well, that that was... I, I, it's been a while since I've seen Silence of the Lambs, like, this, since this most recent time. And then I remembered that, like, she's an FBI agent. And I was like, oh, I forgot how much, like, the FBI is involved in this movie. I was like, fuck, am I going to hate this movie now that I, like, know more <laughs> shit? That I'm, like, and then, no, it's, this one's not too bad. But, no, that's that's a good point. Okay, but do you, so do you think JFK should have won this? Yes, okay, JFK great. absolutely should have won this. Great. I'm going to say Silence of the Lambs in spite. <laughs> Weirdly, was not nominated for Best Art Direction, which I also would have given it. Um, was nominated for Best Sound. The nominees are Silence of the Lands, JFK, Beauty and the Beast, Backdraft, and Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which wins. Give it to Silence of the Lambs. I feel like Terminator I mean, makes sense. Like, there's lots yeah. of explosions and stuff. Yeah, but so what? I saw it's it's a fine movie, but that doesn't mean that... Just because you have explosions Can and gunshots they- does not mean you got sound. Chandler, you know the, but what this, about the sound in Silence of the Lambs is Oscar worthy? Yeah, well, like, you know this section is not like you have to argue for the movie. I know, but I think this is a good movie. <laughs> I just feel like you I think always this is a good movie. Do. I, I did not. But, like, I wanted everything to go away from Bohemian worthy. Rhapsody. Yeah, like what about the sound is Oscar worthy? Um, well, how it mixes with the score is great. Um, so the score. <laughs> and it sounds good. I don't know. I can't. Uh, the nominees for Best Adapted Screenplay are Prince of Tides by Pat Conroy and Becky Johnston, JFK by Oscar Stone and Zachary Squar, Fry Green Tomatoes by Fanny Flagg and Carol Skobeski, Europe, Europa, Europa by Anjiska Holland, and The Science of the Lambs by Ted Talley, which wins. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm um, fine with this winning. Yeah, same. Uh, the nominees for Best Actress are Jodie Foster, Sounds of the Lambs Who Wins, Gina Davis for Thelma and Louise, Laura Dern for Rambling Rose, Bette Midler for For the Boys, and Susan Sarandon for Thelma and Louise. Wow, what a stacked cast. Aw, Laura Dern. Love Laura Dern. This is actually the, um, Laura Dern and her mother were both nominated um, for Oscars, making the first time a mother and daughter had ever been nominated Aww. in the same year. That's cool. Who is Laura Dern's mother? Diane Ladd. I didn't know that. Supporting actress, I assume. Yeah. That's sweet. Um, uh, yeah, Jodie Foster, Foster absolutely deserves 100%. this. 
Without question. Without question. question. Uh, Moving on. Uh, The nominees for Best Actor are Robin Williams, The Fisher King. Mm, R.I.P. Nick Nolte, The Prince of Tides. Robert De Niro, Cape Fear. (sighs) That's a good movie. Warren Beatty, Bugsy. And Anthony Hopkins for The Silence of the Lambs. Um, Look, Robert De Niro at least got in the Oscar season. He at least got a nomination. And he's good. He's in Cape very Fear. good in Cape Fear. He is very yeah. good in Cape Fear. Um, but no, Hopkins. Like you give it to Hopkins. I don't know. Yeah, one thousand percent. The nominees for Best Director are Ridley Scott, Thelma and Louise, the straight white man who directed that feminist icon film. Uh, Oliver Stone for JFK. Barry Levinson for Bugsy. John Singleton for Boys in the Hood, being the first African American director to ever be nominated for Best Director. Oh. And Jonathan Demme for Sons of the Lambs, who wins. Yeah, I mean. The direction's yeah. solid. The direction's really solid. Yeah. That's not saying much, but I'm I mean, I have nothing. you're not nothing. like disagreeing with us more, Ezra. I didn't realize I know. how much you liked this film. I did not realize how much Ezra. No, it's a great movie. I know. <laughs> Supposedly. Um, no, I mean, I would say like, I would say a little. I think Jonathan Demme should have won. I do think J. John Oliver Stone's direction of JFK is incredible. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen Boys in the Hood, unfortunately. Um. But no, I mean, Jonathan Demme gives one of the best direction jobs to ever win an Oscar. Yeah. I mean, it's really, hats off. Truly a big five, well-deserved. Best picture, the nominees are The Prince of Tines, that picture. Jesus. Uh, JFK, uh, Bugsy, Beauty and the Beast, and The Silence of the Like, the animated one? This is the first time an animated film was ever nominated for Best Picture. Oh, really? I mean, it was a great film. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's best picture worthy. Yeah, I don't know about best picture worthy, but (laughs) it's good. It's better than Bugsy and Prince of Tides. I'll tell you that. It's not better than Silence (laughs) of the Lambs. No, Silence of the Lambs, absolutely. Well earned. Absolutely. Um, just since this is a very short episode, I do want to very quickly talk about best original song since we're talking about Beauty and the Beast. Uh Because uh, Beauty and the Beast wins from Beauty and the Beast for best song. Which is not the best song. When you're alone from Hook, whatever. Everything I do, I do it for you from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, whatever. Be Our Guest and Belle. Yeah, both of those songs are better. Better, absolutely, without question. Yeah. Yeah. How? Kind of provably. The song Beauty and the Beast, like, puts me to sleep. It's the worst song on the show. Absolutely. Be Our Guest? Gaston, give that an Oscar. Give that an Oscar. Be Our Guest, give that an Oscar. Beauty and the fucking Beast? Rewrite. We need a rewrite. Yeah, okay. Should we move on to what we've been watching this week? Can't you shut up? I'm busy. Boy, what a great show. I think we all have been watching the same thing. Should we just say it on three? One, two, three. Shit's Creek. Because it won 800,000 Emmys. And Ezra was like, there's no fucking way. This (laughs) cis gay man, this show is that fucking good. And he's winning all these fucking Emmys. Um, And so... It's no, it's a pretty fun show. I'm on season like four. Um, You're on season four. <laughs> I've been a lot. Um, Chandler's on season four. <laughs> I'm on episode six. Well, it's a twenty minute <laughs> show. I can kill twenty. If I get into a twenty minute show, I can kill a twenty minute show. Um, I don't know. It's um, just so since we have extra time, let's get into Shit Creek. Who's everyone's favorite character? Because there's a correct uh, answer. Stevie. Stevie. Oh, she's so dark cute. hair. What? She's my like fifth favorite character. What? You don't like Stevie? Then you have not seen enough of the show. No. Stevie is one hundred percent the best. 
Who's your favorite That's character? Alexis. What? Okay, I see that too. No, I see that. I <laughs> guess, but Stevie is see, Stevie's I, such a bitch. I love Stevie. When I was I also saying you're hard for Twyla. Mm. Yeah, Twyla's funny. Um, no, when I was saying you're a combination of two characters, it was Alexis and Stevie. Great. I was I was afraid you were saying that I was like David and I was going to have to fight no. you with Don. No, you're not David. You're, you're not. definitely Alexis How and Stevie. How man win an Emmy for acting? Yeah. He, I think he, I like it. It's him. the most... I like it. It's just like... Basic? Like, yeah. I, it's just like there's right, nothing but, special about it. No. He, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just like, it is... But I mean, at least, at least it's not he a. He beat Sterling K. Brown. He beat William Jackson yeah. Harper. Oh, one hundred percent. He should not have won for this. But it's not like a bad performance. I mean, it's it's. No, it's he's not playing himself. What I assume is himself. To be fair, none of us are on season six yet. Like you know, True. there's there is character <laughs> art. Room for growth. There is character Maybe he becomes Hamlet. Maybe he gets better. But I don't no, know. Chandler will be on season six before all of us. So let us know. It's a good show. I like it. I guess my issue with it is, I think a lot of people who love it, what they love about it is like they call it the sort of like family band aspect of it because like Eugene Levy and Dan Levy created it. Yeah. Uh, their uh, Dan Levy's sister, plays Eugene Twyla. Levy's daughter, plays Twyla. So it's very much like a like family sort of thing. And I just can't get over the like stink of privilege on it, where I'm just like, like I can't get over. And this is just where I am in my own life right now. Yeah. It's not his fault at all. Right. But, like, Dan Levy being like, thank you so much, Dad, for taking a chance on me, despite the fact I had no writing and directing experience to be the head writer and director of this show. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. He seems perfectly nice. I know people who know him, and he seems great. But it's like, fuck you. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, but, like, uh, that's, like, a lot of Hollywood, though. I agree. It's, like, <laughs> it doesn't... it's not good, but, like, uh, it's so common at this point. This was the craziest Dr. episode Dr. ever. Dr. I think we're, I think we're all just exhausted. Anyway, thank you for listening. Happy spooky season. Follow us on Instagram. Subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.